Hello, 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 and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty on this fine Friday afternoon. It happens to be a Friday where I don't have to work. Started off kind of humid and hot, and now thunderclouds are rolling in. And let me tell you, you know that that light that bounces off of the top of clouds as they're kind of dark underneath and super light on top, and you know that like a storm is coming in is just... It's like one of my all-time favorites. Like, seriously, just love it. I <laughs> love it. Uh, and whether or not we actually get rain, like I just, I really like seeing the clouds. So I have a couple topics uh, for today's um, podcast. And one of them is self-care, right? And this past week, right? So if you've been listening and keeping up with the podcast, you know, I've had kind of a rough, rough handful of weeks. And I started to notice two things. So first of all, um, I really wasn't taking care of what needed to be taken care of for me. So I carry stress in my shoulders. And when I get really stressed, those muscles get super tight going all the way up from kind of my shoulders into my head. And so I have balls for rolling them out and I can stretch them out with yoga However, um, most of the time I really need acupuncture and a massage to get those muscles to finally relax. And so, you know, this week just kind of, you know, things piled, piled, piled. And I was like, you know what? That's it. Right. That's it. Breaking point. Um, and I took a bit of time off and went and took care of myself. And I was talking to my favorite masseuse, um, Susan, and, you know, she was saying that one of the things with the pandemic was like early on, she didn't have a whole lot of people coming in because of the pandemic, clearly. But then later on, um, you know, she was seeing a lot of people with a lot of really heavy stress, basically. And it just doesn't surprise me, right? I feel like overall, um, through the whole pandemic, right, even though we've had our ups and downs and things have been stressful, let's be honest, right? Like we've hung in there and hung in there well, right? Like I've done a lot of uh, self-realization and self-work. Um, we've done a lot of schoolwork with C. We've done a lot of playing with C. It's just, we've done a ton of things that have been great for us as individuals and as a family. And so I think the pandemic has been less stressful maybe for us than others. However, work and in particular work when I'm back kind of full time uh, gets to me. It really gets to me. So that was kind of number one. And then number two, and I'm not sure if anybody else out there does this, um, but I noticed it, like it clicked this week. Um, so I'm going to go into a brief description of the events and not giving specifics. But, you know, I work with a gentleman who doesn't value my opinion and more than that doesn't listen to me. And, um, one of my coworkers says that he has seen him often mansplain things to me and the way that I interpret it, the way that my brain responds to that is he clearly thinks I'm an idiot. Now, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. However, when you repeat the mantra to yourself over and over again, that he thinks you're an idiot or, you know, that in these meetings, this person, you know, kind of talks down to you because they clearly think I'm an idiot, right? Like you say it like that. He clearly thinks I'm an idiot. Um, to some degree, you're giving validation to the fact that maybe deep down you think you're an idiot and that's what's bothering you. So 
I caught myself, right? I caught myself in this um, kind of spiral of this person saying things where in response, um, my head would say, right? Like they think I'm an idiot. I don't know. I don't know if he actually thinks I'm an idiot. According to one of my um, fantastic coworkers, he actually believes that this person is sort of threatened by me. And so it's not that he actually thinks I'm an idiot. He actually probably thinks that I'm smart, but he's threatened. More than anything, what I've realized is this individual just doesn't listen to me at all, right? Like ever. And so something kind of came home to roost this week for from not listening to me, right? So for the past year and a half, not listening to me and basically not taking me seriously the whole time with me writing with this kind of like caked on layer of emotion thinking, oh, like he kind of thinks I'm an idiot. And then that, that, that seed germinating, right? Like maybe, maybe I'm not as keen as I think I am. Um, and so he kind of got taught a lesson this week. And of course it, it was another man who mansplained it to him. I don't actually, this person didn't mansplain it cause he's awesome. Um, but he did explain it and he is a man. <laughs> so finally the information sort of sunk in and again, my seven-year-old response was to want to walk into his office and be like, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, suck it. I've had to like avoid actually seeing him <laughs> because I just want to rub his face. Like I literally, you know, I- I've never actually done this, right? But I've seen where people have said like, oh, like if a dog goes to the bathroom on the floor, like you take their head and you rub their head in the in the pee or poo. I've never done that. Um but that's kind of like, that was that feeling, right? Like, I just want to take your face and like rub it in there and be like, <clears throat> and instead what I've been addressing internally all week is, are there ways for me to communicate better? And in particular for people like this, because clearly, um, he wasn't getting what was being said. And I'm not putting that on me, right? Like, I'm not saying like, I am obviously the problem. Um, however, right, like if there is some way for me to grow out of this, for me to figure out a good way to communicate, especially with somebody like this, who I'm going to flat out say it is an egotistical douchebag. Um, that's a win for me if I can do that. Right. So the other thing I did is I have uh, somebody who's higher up than me who detests me. He hates me. He's been very clear about his hatred of me. And, you know, we gave this big presentation and, um, I really didn't even really want to speak to him. I was running late. He came over after the talk that I gave, um, with a coworker and, you know, I was, I was late. So I, I walked off, I left, you know, excused myself and left. Um, and then I thought to myself, you know, that type of avoidance behavior doesn't help anybody. Right. I know he hates me. I know he doesn't like me on a personal level. Um, he is from an incredibly wealthy family that to some degree, they still believe in kind of like a, a caste system, right? Like they, they believe that there are people who are better than other people based off of who they were born to. And so I am not, (laughs) um, somebody of importance, right? I, I grew up poor, right? I grew up with nothing. So, um, I'm clearly, I'm clearly not his league. Um, And besides that, you know, at some point in time, we were in a meeting together where um, he kept push, 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 pushing for something. And I held my ground and I held my ground harshly, 
which is also something that's kind of like in his mind, not acceptable, right? Like I'm below him. I should just bend. And I didn't. Um, and so I know he detests me. However, right, like the avoidance, it's its not professional, um, even though I was late for something, right? So I took the kind of higher road and I sent an email just saying, hey, like, um, do you have any feedback for me from, from what I did? And I was, I'm intending to take any feedback he gives me to heart and personally and uh, try to grow and learn from it. The funny thing is, and, and maybe I'll update you guys as time goes on. However, he hasn't written back at all, right? <laughs> and again, probably because I'm I'm just beneath him. I'm I'm so far beneath him. Um, and so I have found this week to be highs, lows, overjoyed, stressed angry, right? Like every emotion you can imagine has happened this week. And so today is my Friday off. And my husband asked, I'm trying to get in miles um, to finish up running all of my miles for this month. And so we went up to our ski hill and um, just enjoyed the crisp air. It dumped rain last night, right? Ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And I listened to a silly book on tape, um, actually by Kristen Painter. Um, it was one of the Jane Frost books. Um, so I said, I, it's silly. They're, they're silly fun. They're, they're fantastic. Right. It's just like brain candy. So, you know, I just listened, listened, listened and ran and ran and ran. Um, and I feel like this kind of massive weight is gone. And I feel like this huge weight that I've been carrying around work-wise has been placed on myself by me, right? Like not by anybody, but solely by me and by me because instead of looking at things as opportunities and challenges and places for me to personally grow, um, instead of any of that, right? You take things like, oh, he thinks I'm an idiot, right? And then you get defensive about it, right? Um, I clearly don't know what he's thinking. He clearly doesn't even listen to me. So, <laughs> so he probably has no idea what I'm even talking about. Um, and so I'm just tossing out there for you guys, right? This was one of those like aha moments for me work-wise where if you catch yourself in the same story, repeating the same thing in your head, right? And, and I was, I had repeated it to myself multiple times. Like he obviously thinks I'm an idiot. And um, if you catch yourself doing that, stop, right? And, and try to analyze it, right? Like try to figure out exactly why that's how you're feeling, right? Um, and let's be honest. I could give two rats asses, whether he thinks I'm an idiot or not, right? I'm insanely good at my job. I do more in a week than I would say like half the other folks who do the same thing as me. And I fucking rock it, right? Like I'm amazing at it. And so for that to even be like a kindling in the back of my mind is asinine, right? And then it also, I think, roots this feeling like I should be doing more, Right. And since I do struggle with perfectionist tendencies, I don't need that. I don't need that. You know, I, I do enough. I do more than enough. You know, I carry a massive amount of responsibility and technical work and I fucking rock it. Right. And so, you know, just reminding myself of that, especially in the face of adversity and instead looking at things as a growing opportunity um, has, has really kind of like lightened me. It's lightened me a lot. So there you go. That's my, my work saga for today. The other thing is, is, um, 
I clicked on an article, which I thought was really interesting, which was basically a Nobel laureate uh, named uh, Bertrand Russell um, had written up kind of what are the central driving human behaviors and why, right? Like why? Um, And so, you know, the, the very central behavior for humans is desire. Now, what's interesting is when he went into this article, right, um, which you can you can Google, there's there's a kind of current article out there on this. He says, look, like desire is not wildly different from humans to animals, right? Like it's it's not wildly different. But but the breakdown of what those desires are is, right? And it's kind of also what makes humans kind of quintessentially human, right? And so the very first thing is uh acquisition. <laughs> acquisitionness, if I could actually get it out, it's a long word. And basically that's the, I need more, need more, need more, right? Um, That's not something you see pets doing, right? But you definitely see humans doing that. Um, Number two was rivalry, right? And that to some degree, we will give up possessions because of rivalries, right? We will give up all kinds of things to basically win in a rivalry. And that is like the, the, quintessential story of kind of mankind, right? Um, That I am better than you. And, you know, this desire to defeat somebody in rivalry, right? Um, Vanity is number three. And that sometimes even with vanity, we'll give up on the other two just, just, you know, because we are human and we will be vain, right? And the last and the most powerful of these desires, according to his research, was the love of power, right? So I read this, I read this whole article of about um, the book that he had published and then, you know, a number of articles. And I was reading about his thoughts on the love of power, right? And how power plays in. And when I started investigating, what is that for me, right? What is love of power? And love of power for me really is, is that respect from colleagues, right? It's to be listened to when I have things to say. Um, especially about things that are technical at work. Um, you know, I don't like, you know, like the love of power over like other human beings. Like I don't, I don't have that. Um, but I will say, right. Like it chaps my ass when somebody at work who I think is subpar gets something that I wanted. Right. And so that's definitely like that drive of love of power. And so, this whole week has been like this kind of like big, you know, helium balloon blowing up over my head where I went, ah, you know, sometimes people like that get chosen for whatever reason, right? Like, and I'm not even going to pretend to understand those reasons. However, you should never take that as a, as a sign of weakness or something in you, right? Somebody who I think is a moron gets a position that I don't, maybe it wasn't the position for me. Maybe they work better with the person that they need to in that position, right? Like there's all of these things which you have no idea about. And I think part of this entire like development of me is realizing that I understand or I try to understand what's going on inside of me. And that is like a full-time job, right? Like figuring out my emotions and figuring out how I want to interact with other people, right? Like I think there's a lot of people who don't do any of this work, right? And I spend a lot of time looking inward, in, 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 in. But I also, you know, am a keen um, student of personal dynamics, right? Like in between everybody externally. And it turns out that we are often putting 
what's in our own heads into the mouths and the actions of others, which buys us nothing, right? Nothing. And so I feel like putting that love of of power in check to say, look, I'm going to do the best I'm going to do. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to put myself out there 100%. And that's it. That's all I can do, right? Um, I am, you know, this, this ball of fire, right? Like I am me. I can't be anybody else. And I can't change the impressions of other people, right? They have their own impressions. They have their own thoughts. They have their own history. They have their own things that they're dealing with right now, right? So I vividly remember being on travel with one of my girlfriends and she is like the most put together individual you will ever meet, right? I mean, she is like knock it out of the ballpark, super planner, everything in her life from the outside, right? Is perfect, always perfect. And while we were on travel, right? Like she confided in me that there was something that was going on with one of her kids. And the thing is, is right. You don't know that, right? Because we don't go around wearing whatever it is that we're dealing with externally for everyone to see, right? So have a bit of grace, right? Take a step back. Don't try to put yourself in other people's shoes. I'm I'm saying don't. Don't try to do it (laughs) because you don't know what their shoes feel like. Instead, be there to listen and be empathetic for what they're going through because you have no idea. You really just don't. Um. And stop putting whatever it is that you believe is going on into their mouths, right? Whether it's positive or negative, you know, kind of, or whatever, like just be done. So my husband and I had an argument one day this week and the argument was over things that we're doing to try to allow our daughter to have more responsibility. And one of those is taking herself down to school every morning And we live two blocks from her school. She bikes down, but she likes you to walk behind to carry her backpack. And, you know, it's really frustrating for me because, you know, I wake up early, early in the morning and I do, you know, a hundred things before 6 a.m. And I want to hit the ground running because I'm a morning person. That's what I want, right? And so this like waiting to walk her backpack down, hand it to her. And then she normally gives you attitude because she's like, I had to wait for you. And like, my friend's already playing. And I was like, look, like this is a key part of like having her grow up. Anyways, we got into a big disagreement about it and I was at work and I happened to have my tiny tarot deck. I mean, it's tiny. It's itsy bitsy. As a matter of fact, actually I needed my reading glasses to actually see what came up, but the eight of wands came up and it basically was like, you know, domestic disturbance. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was talking with my husband on the phone when I drew the card and I was like, this is hilarious, right? It's a huge deck of cards. You know, I want to say the deck that, that, particular deck is like over a hundred cards. That's the single card that I pulled. Right. And it basically was like changes on the way and, um, you know, be, be patient, be calm, right. Um, try to deal with it as it comes. Right. So that was my interesting, you know, tarot reading for the week at, uh, at work. So as I'm watching the storm roll in, so the, the beautiful crisp white clouds on top kind of going away, and instead, uh, now it's just kind of gray and overcast. And I think I hear, uh, I hear thunder in the distance, um, which of course, you know, where we are, it's monsoon season. So it's great. It's fantastic. I pulled out my animal spirit guidebook. Um, and today, today I am thinking of my glorious 
and most put together um, colleague coworker. Um, uh, and you know who you are. And she's getting ready to go on travel. And I was supposed to go on this trip with her, but things fell through. And so um, I'm thinking about you and I'm going to draw a card for you. So um, this could apply probably to a lot of folks out there, I'm assuming. So I'm just thinking about her and I'm thinking about her trip and I'm thinking about um, work. I'm envisioning taking a deep breath. And we pull, ooh, interesting, mouse, which I've never pulled. <laughs> it's funny, right? Like you end up with the same card over and over and over, right? Like deer I've had, um, raccoon I've had, right? But mouse, never had mouse. So let's see what it says about mouse. Detail-oriented, small-minded, nitpicky, and nervous. The mouse has an innate desire to tend to the details. It often spends its days fixing, preparing, organizing, and scrutinizing. Unfortunately, a mouse personality doesn't notice when they've gone too far. Soon, they begin to have a limited and fearful vision of life and try to control every detail. This can be quite a painful experience for both the mouse and those around them. When mouse energy is at play, step back for a moment it may be time to find a more purposeful project to delve into, one that's worthy of your exacting eye. When in, balance, when in balance, you are organized, resourceful, and prepared. When out of balance, you are busy with no purpose. To bring yourself back into balance, a meaningful project is necessary. So this is absolutely, you know, you just heard my description <laughs> Um of my friend. And, um, I can't believe I pulled mouse. So there you go. Um, hopefully she's listening and hopefully that guides you a little bit in the uh, following week as you go on your trip. So I want to thank you for tuning in and I want to thank you for any part of the journey that you take with me. Um, I know that especially with podcasts, it's easy to jump around. And I also know that I have some listeners out there who really like they listen to me diligently and, um, and they actually try some of the um, self realization stuff that I have found works for me. And that means a lot, right? Cause it means that other people out there are growing too. And really um, I think having a world where people are a little introspective, right? I don't think everybody should delve necessarily as deep as I do. Um, are you an emotional archaeologist? Mm, I think sometimes I am. Uh, but anyways, I appreciate you and I want to say thanks. So I'll see you on the flip side.